Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we're doing a series through Matthew chapter 24 and chapter 25 called Living for the Future Now. And the first part of the series is where Jesus shares with his disciples about things that are going to happen in the future, things that are happening right now in his day, that are happening right now in our day, and then just a very brief account of what's coming. So that was a major portion of chapter 24. We're going to get to the end of chapter 24 today where he now tells us what we're supposed to do with that information about what's coming, about what's going to happen. In fact, he's going to focus on four teachings. So we're going to look today and then three more weeks afterwards at what he's saying here because he wants to make a point about what he just shared with you and I about what's going to happen. Because his whole focus is that right now, until he comes... You and I need to live for the future now. Live for the future now. So I want to make a couple of points first before I get into what Jesus is saying, because the reality is is that as I have shared with you about what is coming, the brief little bit that he shared with us in chapter 24, and as some of you through the years have studied what other people have said, you've listened to other teaching and so forth. And you and I have lived through many predictions since then, and so forth. Okay, what do we do with all of that? Well, Jesus is going to tell you. So I want to make a couple of points about you and I have a responsibility. And that's true for all things that we learn from the Scripture. So here's the first one. Information that you have received always requires something of you. This is the first thing you need to know. This is true about all things that come from the scripture. And especially with regards to this issue about Jesus coming back. Information that you have received always requires something of you. I want you to listen to what Jesus said in Luke. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. He says this, For everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him, they will ask more. Wow. I've been a believer since 1985. So that's 34 years. Okay, in April of next year, it's going to be 35 years. And through the years, growing up, I mean, being raised up as a Christian in Baptist circles and and in evangelical circles, you know, I remember the very first book I read was a book from the Radio Bible class, the folks who put out Daily Bread, talking about when the rapture was going to take place. That was the very first Christian book I read. Can't remember the title. All I remember on the front was a horn, a picture of a horn, the last trump. I have listened to sermon after sermon, series after series. I've even taught going through the book of Revelation, going through Daniel all of the other passages and so forth. And here, here's the thing I need you to understand. You and I hear all the time about the second coming. 
And, you know, whether it's your favorite teacher on the radio or TV, you hear all this stuff, but you and I need to understand. Here's the observation I've made, is that we hear all of it, but we don't do anything with it. We say, well, George, wait a minute now. What do you mean we don't do anything with it? Because there's nothing we can do about it. We just need to wait. Isn't that the concept? We just need to wait for it to happen, for the rapture to come. We can't do anything. Well, that's not true. Actually, Jesus is going to tell us what we need to do in the meantime. In the meantime, between now and when it happens, there's something you and I need to do. And so the point he's going to show us is, is that when you get information, it requires something of you. And the requirement isn't kick back in the easy chair, wait for Jesus to come. Okay? It requires something of you. Here's my second point I want to make. Understanding the future must impact your life now. You're going to see this in Jesus' teaching. If you and I understand that the world we live in is going to cease to exist at some point, that at one day Jesus Christ is going to come, the eastern sky is going to break, he's going to enter with the armies of heaven, and he's going to defeat the armies of this world and the Antichrist, and he's going to set everything right. That needs to impact your life now, now I'm not talking about, and neither is the Bible talking about, that you need to stay around and study all this stuff, because there are people who do that, trying to figure out every detail about what's coming down the road. No, that's not what he's talking about. But it needs to impact your life right now. How you live your life right now, how you live among other people. That's the responsibility. And this is what we're going to do now. And see, this actually, to be honest with you, I thought this is interesting. Usually when I have thought about it through the years, as I have listened to messages and messages from the scripture about the end times, most times folks will pay attention to the first 14 verses of chapter 24. I don't recall ever hearing very many messages from that point on through chapter 25. We focus on knowing, but we ignore what Jesus is saying about doing, doing with that knowledge. So let's look. We're going to first of all look today at Matthew chapter 24. We're going to look at verses 45 through 51. Look with me. Here's what Jesus says. Actually, let's go back to 44. Look at what he says. Therefore, you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Okay, that's what we finished up with the last time we looked at this. Be ready. Well, now he's going to tell you how to be ready. Listen, verse 44. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom the master made ruler over his household, to give them food in due season? Blessed is the servant whom his master, when he comes, will find doing so. Assuredly, I say to you, that he will make him ruler over all of his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him, and at an hour that he is not aware of, and will cut him in two, and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. And there shall be weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. Whoa! I like the first part, George. What about that second part? Well, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to talk about what we're supposed to do with the information about his coming. He's going to talk about that there are two responses to the information. So let me just stop, all right? All right, let me just ask a question here, all right? How many of you, at some point in your Christian life, got some teaching about the second coming? How many of you? Some point in your Christian life, you got some teaching, okay? All right. Now, the question is, what did you do with that? I just followed it away in my filing cabinet of my mind, George, and I'm ready to answer Bible trivia questions about the second coming. Now, what did you do with it? See, this is the thing. Most of us don't think in terms of what do we do with it. Yeah, but Jesus is getting ready to tell us that we need to begin to because there's usually one or two responses to the teaching. And we're going to see it illustrated here in this chapter with either the faithful servant or the unfaithful servant. So let's take a look at them. We're going to look at both of them today. We're going to look at the faithful servant. We're going to find that in verses 45 through 47. Okay, 45 through 47. Look at what it says there. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom the master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is his servant when he comes will find doing so. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. Now I'm going to make up several points here. Here's the first one. The faithful servant carries out his responsibility towards others. Look at that. Very first thing, verse 45. He says this. Whom the master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. What's he talking about here? The faithful servant, okay, in his response to the fact that his master has gone away, his master is going to be coming back, in the meantime is carrying out his responsibilities towards who? other people. So the first thing I want you to see is this. What you and I do with this information, when you hear about the fact that Jesus Christ is coming, and he's coming for you, and he's going to set things right, and you know all of those details, the first thing that he says about the faithful servant in response to that, in you knowing about what's coming, is the faithful servant carries out his responsibilities towards everyone else. Well, what responsibilities are those, George? Well, let's spend some time reading the epistles. In the epistles, you are what? Encouraged to what? Minister to one another. Love one another. Serve one another. If someone has a need, you are to help them with their need. Be there for each other. Right? Bind up the wounded. Comfort those who need comfort. That's what we're talking about here. We're not just talking about handing somebody a cheeseburger. We're talking about what? Helping each other. That's what you fulfill your responsibilities for other people. Now, here's the thing. I've noticed it, though. I've noticed it. Usually when you see somebody who's so wrapped up, ever met somebody who's so wrapped up in teaching about the second coming? Ever met somebody like that? Oh, they talk about, would you see what happened this week in the news? Because that points to this. You ever met somebody? I meet people like that all the time. Here's what I've noticed about them. They're only focused on one thing. What? The second coming. 
I've, I've noticed what they're not focused on, how people are doing around them. Because all they're focused on is Jesus coming back. They've ignored everybody else around them. But Jesus is saying here, the faithful servant, he knows the master is coming. While the master is away, he's what? Fulfilling his responsibilities to other people. Here's the second thing he says here from this passage. I want you to notice with me. The faithful servant is found doing his work when the master returns. The faithful servant is found doing his work when the master returns. You ever been in a job situation? I remember when I was younger and a kid and a goof off, working somewhere. Boss says, hey, I'm going to go away. You guys, I need you to do this. And you know what happens sometimes when you're a teenager? You do what? You goof off. And then you're goofing off. You're acting silly with your buddies at work. And then guess what? Somebody walks through the door and catches you. Who's that? The boss. Do you remember those feelings? I remember those feelings. I remember thinking, how can I get out of this room? That's not a good feeling, is it? See, here's the thing. The faithful servant who knows that the master is coming back, and remember, he didn't tell you when he was coming back. He said he's coming back like what? A thief in the night. Now, does anybody know when the thief shows up? No. But you're ready. This is the point he's making here. You serve others. You have responsibilities to others while he's gone. But you are also going to do what you can because you don't know at what time he's going to be coming back and you want to be found what? Faithful. Faithful. Do you see what he's saying here? Responsibility towards other faithful servant. Faithful servants found what? Doing what he's supposed to be doing. Now you say, what do you mean by that, George? Because my concept of serving the Lord is teaching Sunday school, and you're only here one time a week. Am I supposed to teach Sunday school every time during the week? No. you got a wrong concept of serving Jesus. See, here's the thing. Every one of us are called to serve Jesus. How? Doing what he says in his word. By you doing what he says, and he talks to you, the Spirit guides you in doing what he says, whether that's interacting with other people or living the way that you should be living. That's what he's talking about here. Those are the responsibilities. That's the work that you're supposed to be found doing is living the life that he's called you to live. It's not talking about being a Sunday school leader or an elder or something like that. It's talking about doing what he called you to do and being found what? Faithful. Faithful. That's what he's talking about here. Need you and I to grasp that. Here's the final thing, and this is what I want you to see, okay? Final thing about the faithful servant. Look with me at verse 46. Blessed is the servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. Here's what you need to see. Faithful servant. Faithfulness will be rewarded in the end. Faithfulness will be rewarded in the end. See, here's the thing. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you are serving the people around you, carrying out your responsibilities, if when the master comes, when Jesus comes, he finds you faithful, you get rewarded. And it's an awesome reward. To me, you know what I live for? I live for the day when I hear Jesus, whether I go to be with him through death or I go to be with him because he comes and gets me. The thing that I want to hear from Jesus is to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's actually going to say that when we get a little bit further into Matthew here. 
He's going to reward you. This is what the proper response is. So here you are. You've learned all this teaching about his coming. You know that he's coming. He's going to set things right. Yes, things are terrible right now, but Jesus is coming. What do you do with that? Keep living for him right now. Keep serving people around you with the love of Christ. Serving him because you never know when he's going to come. Be found faithful and know that one day he's going to reward you. That's the response. But there's another response. It's the unfaithful servant. Look with me. First of all, let, let's just stop. So we need to understand, we're not talking about an unbeliever here. Well, it might be an unbeliever. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But it's somebody who thinks they're serving God, right? That's what a servant is, right? Somebody who, quote, is serving the master. All right, so we're not talking about unbelievers here. We're talking about somebody who thinks they're serving God. Is that possible, George? Well, you remember earlier, Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said there will be many that will come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things in your name? And he said, what? Depart from me, I never knew you. These were people who thought they knew Jesus. So listen to what it says here. Look with me, verse 48. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on that day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whoa, that's heavy. Well, yeah, it is. So let's talk about this. Okay, three things. Number one, the unfaithful servant, here it is, downplays the master's imminent return. He downplays it. Oh, we got time. Yeah, I know Jesus said he was coming back. But the science, you know, I've looked at everything and it's not, yeah, it, we've got time. We've got time. He downplays it. That's the first thing I want you to see. First thing I want you to see is, is that the unfaithful servant really downplays the whole issue of Jesus coming back. Downplays it. Don't we see that happening today? Folks, we see it happening today. People downplaying the return of Jesus. How do we know that they're downplaying the return of Jesus? They're not talking about it. They're not teaching about it. They're not, I'm not saying that you need to spend every message talking about it. You know if you come here, we don't spend all our time talking about this. This happens to be what we're looking at right now. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are people who are downplaying it, and they're downplaying it in their life because they think, oh, I've got time. I'm okay. I'm all right. Really? The unfaithful servant downplays the master's imminent return. Here's the second thing I want you to see. This leads to the mistreatment of others and the disregard of sin. Okay, so I told you I, I got saved 1985. I was 19 years old. So from that point on, I've been really active in church. 1985, I got saved. 1995 is when I first pastored. Now, I've been in ministry before I first pastored, but I've been a part of church, and I've been in church, and I've made observations about people through the years as somebody who sat in a pew or as somebody who was a pastor. And what I've noticed is, is that sometimes the saints are mean. Ever met a mean saint? They will come and talk to you, and oh, they love Jesus, and they'll testify, but then when you talk to them, they're ready to rip your head off. They're mean. They treat others poorly. 
but they love Jesus and are looking forward to being with Jesus. Ever met somebody like that? Am I the only one that's observed that in life? No, that's true, isn't it? How is that possible? What we're seeing here, it's not. That really, just because you answer Bible questions, that doesn't really reflect well on you if you're treating the people around you wrongly. Do you understand? If anything, Jesus is saying the unfaithful servant, he doesn't really keep in mind that Jesus could come back at any moment. So he's treating people around them wrongly. That's scary, isn't it? That's not a sign of faithfulness. That's a sign of what? Unfaithfulness. That's the first group. Here's the second group. second group he talks about is not just somebody who's treating people wrongly. It's talking about, have you ever met believers? They can answer the Bible questions, but then they live their lives in such a way that they are basically a friend of what? Sin. They just indulge in things. But hey, I'm forgiven. I prayed that prayer. I can do what I want to do. Jesus forgives. You ever met people like that? No, we see that, right? It's because they're not taking seriously that I'm coming back, Jesus is saying. They downplay the second coming, and this leads them to think that, oh, well, it doesn't matter how I treat you, or, oh, well, it doesn't matter what I engage in. This is an unfaithful servant. It hasn't impacted their life about what he said. You and I have met people like that. Here's the third thing I want you to see. When the master returns, and folks, I'm just going to tell you this right now, Jesus Christ is returning. Whether you believe that or not, he is returning. Now you say, well, it's been 2,000 years. Well, isn't that what Peter was talking about, how the scoffers will say, where is the king? You know, his time is, where is he? Okay, all right, so he's coming. But listen, if he delays, you're still going to meet him. And you don't know when that is. I'm just telling you right now, listen to me. Only one person knows when you're going to die. Who's that? God. And then the judgment. So you need to understand, if Jesus delays, you're still going to meet him. Are you going to be ready? Because nobody knows when. Nobody. So here's what I need you to see. When the master returns, he will be exposed and punished as an unbeliever. Who? The unfaithful servant. What do you mean, George? Here's what I'm saying. Here's what you need to understand. This is what Jesus is saying. When the master returns, that unfaithful guy who says he's following Jesus, but he's mistreating other people, and he's, quote, engaging in things that he should not be engaging in, in sin, he's going to be exposed for what he truly is, and he is what? A hypocrite. Now, I don't know if I agree with your assessment, George. Really? Notice, who did he call hypocrites in the Bible? The Pharisees. What did the Pharisees do? All the right things religiously. But what were they not? Right with God. Do you understand? And here's what he's saying. Listen to what it says here. He will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. And there will be, and this is phrases always used with reference to hell, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. 
This is the other response. They downplay the return of Christ. It's not significant to them. doesn't really matter. They engage in abusing others around them and engaging in sin without even worrying about it. And then one day when Jesus comes back and catches them off guard, and trust me, they're going to be caught off guard. That's the end. It's not good. There is no reward. There's punishment. Wow. So this is serious, isn't it? What do you do with what the information that you've received? Actually, let me just go back. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. If you don't believe what I'm saying here, listen to what Paul says in Galatians. He says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And the like. What's that mean? Anything like that. And here's what he said. Of which I told you before, just as I've told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Isn't that interesting? They're not inherited. The Bible's pretty plain, isn't it? A lot of people pretending, but in the end they'll be shown. So what do we do with this? Here it is. Number one, how real is the second coming of Christ to you? How real is it? Now listen, in light of what we just talked about today, that question takes on a whole different dimension now. Because it's not a question of how real it is, do I believe it? It's a question of how is it affecting your life? See, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, I believe Jesus is coming back and just go on and not really care. Do you understand? It doesn't impact you. So how real is it? Do you wake up in the morning and say, is this the day, Lord? Am I ready for you? I hope you do that. Here's the second thing I want you to ponder as we consider this. Does this future reality affect your life now? Another question. Does it affect your life now? The future reality that one day Jesus is going to come and set all things right. One day Jesus is going to come. He's going to take you, his child, and he's going to reward you. Does it affect your reality now? That's really the issue. And when we get into Matthew chapter 25, we're going to get into it after the Christmas season. We're going to see that he's going to give us three more stories to talk about how it should be affecting your life now. See, we're not taught about the second coming just so that we have information. We're taught about the second coming so that you make preparation. Listen, the ultimate one is coming. But nobody knows when Jesus is coming, right? You just know he is. Are you going to be ready? That's what he's saying. Get ready. 
to leave. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.